We're talking about how, how to avoid making a fool out of ourselves in life and how to, how to live life according to what God has said for us to live our lives. And I know we're in Proverbs. I'm going to keep throwing Proverbs at you and we take these principles as we go through these principles uh, of how to resolve conflict. But I want you to take your Bible to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. And as we get into this, um, I, I want you to keep an open mind of what we're getting into and why we're doing this and dealing with life and how important it is that we uh, have our, our lives according to the Word of God. It is our final authority. It is the only thing that we live by. It is what we uh, fix our problems. It's what, if we avoid it, it's how we cause problems in our lives. And I know that last week we got into it, and if you could take out your uh, bulletins this morning and flip it over to the back side, I want you to uh, follow along and take notes of this as we go into this. And uh, we're going to pray together, and I'm going to ask God that God will just work with us, um, that God will work in our hearts, because I tell you, if we don't get this today, we have no future as a church. We have no future as Christians. I said, man, you're taking this really serious. We've got to get this. Lord, be with us this morning, and Lord, help us, Lord, to truly understand what it means to be followers of God, what it means to live right, what it means to have the power of God in our lives. Lord, help us understand, Lord, wow, we grieve the Spirit of God so bad that we lose the power. We become failures in life. We become failures as Christians. I pray, Lord, that you'll help us, Lord, to follow your word no matter if it bothers our flesh because Lord our flesh wants to ruin us Lord speak to us today we pray this in your name amen, amen. in Ephesians chapter 4 I mean I, I, Pastor Chris if you'll come up here with me for just a minute and uh, I'm going to ask you to do something can you open my iPad to where I can get into my notes <laughs> I, I have my password. It's just, thank you. Awesome. No, it's good. <laughs> Whew, that is an awful feeling. <laughs> I'm up here thinking, dear Lord, lay hands on my iPad. <laughs> so here's, here's where we went last week, and I, I want you to follow along and take your notes with this. Here's fact number one. Fact number one, conflict is part of life. If you're here today and you're sitting with people, you're going to get upset with them, okay? If you go to church and you work with people, you're going to get upset with them. If, if you go home with a spouse at some point in time, you're going to get upset with them. If you sit there and say, well, you crossed the line, you made me mad, you ticked me off, however you want to work it, and you walk out of them, you're walking out on something good because you don't understand the conflict is just simple part of life. As much as laughing and having a good time is part of friendship, so is conflict. Because I'm going to tell you, iron sharpens iron. Other people that are different than you, when you get around them and say, man, they don't see eye to eye with me on this. Thank God for that. You, you realize that God made all of us different on purpose so that when you get around other people and they know how to do something different than, than you do, it's for your good. And God designed husbands and wives to be different. God brings friendships together that are different. Conflict's part of life. Here's the second thing. Conflict turns to sin when conflict is unresolved. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. God said, you better deal with it. God said, you better deal with it. If you don't deal with it, he said, let the sun go down. It's a period of time. And then the next day, it gets worse. 
It, it, it's not bad at, at the beginning. It says be angry, get frustrated, get upset. But he said, don't let it turn into sin. I can promise you guys, according to God's word, when we don't deal with conflicts, he say it just got bad. It doesn't just get bad, it turns into sin. Fact number three, unresolved conflict blocks our fellowship with God. You cannot be right with God and be wrong with others. You can't sit there and say, God, I love you. And then you sit there and say, man, I can't stand him. God said, I created them. You're part of the body of Christ. You're connected. If a man say that I love God and he hates his brother, he is a liar. God said, you can't tell me that you love me and then hate my kids. He, he brought it so far, he said, I tell you, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, he said, if you come in the church and you're praising God and you realize that you have a problem with somebody else, you leave your gift at the altar, you go back, you make it right, and then you go back and worship God. That, that, that's how big of a deal this is with God. Fact number four, unresolved conflict always gets worse. Sin is a sickness. Leave it to itself. It's like getting a splinter. You say, man, that hurts. You're right. Get it out. It's going to be okay. Leave it in there. What happens? It gets infected. You know what that infection does? It spreads to the body. It spreads to the heart. It, it makes everything worse. You realize how many people that have died from a simple infection because they didn't get it right? So today we're going to go through the biblical uh, uh, principles on conflict. And I, I'm, I'm taking to Proverbs, and then we've done a lot in this book of Ephesians chapter 4. We started the first word, uh, week about words and let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. I want you, to guys, I want you guys to see this morning how important this is. So I'm going to ask my volunteers to make their way up to the stage and come and stand behind me. And I want you guys to see in Ephesians chapter 4, 16, which is smack in the middle of this chapter. And then I'm going to do something. I'm, I'm going to take a lot of time before we get into resolving conflict and help you to understand why this is so important. So if you guys can get together, if you guys want to see, this, this is the church, okay? And a while back, I, I, I kind of demonstrated this according to this verse, and I want to apply it to this. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, from whom the whole body, which is all of us, but this is kind of a, a smaller segment of that, compacted. Fitly joined together and compacted. So we've got to illustrate this. Can you guys kind of join arms? All right, join arms like that. So if you get that, Norm, you've got things and God's gifted you to do that's going to help Jason. Jason with Isaac. Uh, Isaac all the way down and we do that. Clarence, God's gifted you things to help David. Every single one of you guys is different on purpose. The same way that the arm is not the same way as the leg, but they both need each other in order to move forward. That's how God made us. And the Bible said the way that we connect to one another is we, we, we've got to use our spiritual gifts. We've got to love one another. We've got to care for one another. The, the fact that every joint supplieth or the connection, the joint is what connects one part of the body to the other. All right, let, Isaac, let's say you and Clarence got into it. And let, let's say you, 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 said, you called him ugly and he called you dopey and you guys got into it and you're arguing, whatever, and you broke fellowship with him. All of a sudden... According to the Bible, something happens and you sit there and say, well, this doesn't matter. This is my business. It doesn't matter about Clarence. I don't like him. You're not just affecting yourself. Every time you walk out of here and you say, well, I'm not going back with them and they took me off and I wrote them off or I'm friended them and you walk through the church and you go the other way. You drop out of that ministry that God's called you to. And let me tell you, you might not realize this. But maybe Clarence has something in his life that he's trying to encourage you to do better and you broke off conflict, into, into conflict, and you don't realize what, what good is coming over here. 
Isaac, you're not only hurting yourself, you're hurting them. Isaac, you're not only hurting yourself, you're, you're hurting these guys. Everything that God does, he tries to bring unity and the bond of peace, and I'll show you that here in a minute. You know what Satan has come to do is divide us. And we sit there and say, look at, so that, that every joint, according to the factual working and the measure of every part, every person doing their job, well, you just broke that, Isaac. You, you broke that. And we're sitting there thinking, why, why is the church failing? And, and why doesn't the church have the power that it used to? And why, why this? God says, this is my illustration. Maketh increase of the body. You break it off and every joint's not supplying and we're not doing our job. There's no more growth. Actually, it's, it's just like if you knocked a knee out of joint, all of a sudden the whole body is limping. You say it's not a big deal. Yeah, the whole church is limping because you are a bad attitude and not getting right with somebody else. It's not just about you. It says, maketh the increase of the body unto its edifying and building itself up in love. It's who we are. It's what we do. You broke it off. Isaac, go back. This is what we're going to do today. That, that's what we're going to do because that happens. Because every single one of you at some point in your ministry, your life, you're going to sit there and you're going to break off and say, man, I don't, I don't see it that way. And God says, all right, okay, that's going to happen because you're flesh and you're flesh and you're flesh and all of you are flesh. But how are you going to fix it? You guys can be seated. And so look at that and say, man, that was random in the middle of this. Can I show you just as like going through as an illustration of this? Back up to verse 22. L look at what it says. Put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, the way that you used to live. You know, you know what God's saying? And by the way, I hope everybody has taken this to heart because this is how we're to live. If you're here today, nothing that I am saying, not that I'm saying as your pastor, but God is saying through his word, none of what we're about to say, you say, oh, I don't know, I don't want to do that. You don't have a choice. If you're saved and you know it, say amen. amen. You don't have a choice. Amen. You are a child of God. This is the final authority in your life. You don't walk out of here today and say, I don't see it that way. But Bible says you just walked out in rebellion against what God has said. Yep. None of you can walk out and say, well, that preacher, that preacher, it's not about this preacher. My only job is to sit here and tell you and share with you what has already been said. So look at this. He said, you put off concerning the former conversation, the way you used to live in the old man. Because the old man would break off and say, I don't care. I'm done with you. I write you off. You make me mad. I'm going to make you pay. The old man, which is corrupt according to his deceitful lust. The old you was corrupt. Born in sin. Selfish. Man, I'd cut people off and laugh about it. I, I don't care. That's the old me. Verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You say, that, that illustration, that was verse 16. Do you see what God's saying here? He said, let me show you how to make this work. Be renewed. Change how you think. For you to sit there and say, ah, God says, you better change how you think and be renewed to the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. Let me put it like this. You go to church, you sit down with your Bible, you read what it says, and you do that. That's what it means to put on the new man. God's going to transform you into what you, you, from what you used to be into what he wants you to be, which was created in righteousness and true holiness, which is good and right and glorifies God. Say, so how do I do that? Wherefore, putting away lying, 
speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. If I had the guys back up here again, and, and Isaac was next to Clarence right there, and they, they were doing that, you know what I'd do? I'd say, put on the new man. I don't want to. You're, not, you're bought with your price. You belong in that fellowship with there. Put away lying. Is everything okay? Yeah, everything's fine. That's what we do. Everything's fine. You know, it's, it's fine. I just don't talk to you, and I give you dirty looks, and I unfriended you on Facebook, but everything's fine. You're lying. You're lying. You go the other way when you're walking down the hallway. You are lying. He said, you better put away lying. You better put away that stuff. You know why? You better speak truth with your neighbor because we are members one of another. Verse 26, we got it last week. See how it's all connected. Be angry and sin not. I'm upset with him. God says, okay, what happened? Deal with it because don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So, well, I, I don't see it that way. He said, all right, verse 27, either give place to the devil. You're just going to let the devil in the church. You're going to let the devil in your house. You're going to let the devil in your marriage. I, I'm, I'm not making this up. He says, neither give place to the devil. Literally meaning, when we're serving God and we're united, there's power in that. You break fellowship and say, I'm not doing that. God, Satan says, I'll take it from here. <laughs> Satan says, I love this. His man, if I could do it here, I'll do it here, and I'll do it here. And he breaks down all the way down the line. That's what he does. Verse 29. <clears throat> Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying and building up the body of Christ. He realized that to the use of doesn't mean that it's, I love you and you love me and everything's okay. No, it can't be to the use of edifying, you offended me and I'm bothered with this. Why are you saying those words? Because I want it right. That's to the use of edifying. Amen. That it may minister grace to the hearers. That doesn't mean that you don't give truth and grieve not the Holy Spirit. You know what we're talking about? Spiritual warfare. When you're giving place to the devil and you're grieving the Spirit of God, you're giving in to the bad. And you're dampering the power of the good, whereby you are sealed to the day of redemption. Look at verse 31. He said, all right. He said, I don't want to grieve the Spirit of God. Then he says, then this. Remember this? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. Last week, we explained how all those things are connected. The anger of the inside turns to your emotions. Your emotions end up going outside. The outside ends up spreading and the clamor in turns into evil speaking and the evil speaking spreads to other people and started little inside your heart of that bothered me. And before when it is finished, it destroys. Conflict will destroy a church. He says, how, how am I supposed to act then, Pastor Tony? Verse 32, oh, be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, you forgive one another. You say, well, wait, wait a minute. How do I do that? Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Amen. Say they don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it either. Right. See how important this is. You see how all this is connected. Now go to the first verse in the chapter and start over because now you now you see where we're going. You see the importance of this. You see what God wants from us. Putting off who I used to be. Putting on who I should be. Bringing the family back together. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, I beg of you that you walk worthy of the vocation, that you walk differently according to the way that God's called you. This is how you're supposed to live. 
with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Lowliness means humility of mind. Forbearing means to love those when they frustrate you. That's what forbearance is. Let me give you the perfect illustration of forbearance because it, it doesn't just say with long-suffering, literally mean enduring through it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I've got to be long-suffering. Literally mean I've got to suffer long or deal with these people all the way through to the end. So sometimes when you're teaching kids or something like you do that, and you're, you're there, I can't wait to get out of school. I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to check out of the daycare. But that's not just where it leaves off. It not, doesn't say long-suffering. It says and forbearing. It's the same illustration if you have a kid. You wake up and that kid spills things on the floor and they're nagging you and they're mama, 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 mama. They're driving you crazy. And then you tell them to go to bed and they, they rip everything out of their dresser drawers and they do all these things. And then you say, I need to be long-suffering to them. You're not just long-suffering to them. You forbear them. Because at the end of the day, you pick them up, you correct them, you kiss them on the cheek, you slide them into the warm bed with their filled tummy from going to dinner. It's not just long-suffering to them. God said you're to forbear one another. literally means you show grace and love even when they frustrate you. You say, I'm not doing that. I, I don't even like being in the same room with them. They drive me crazy. That dude irritates me to death. I, I can't even look at their posts on Facebook Instagram without getting aggravated and deleting it. I don't want to be around them. Then we have a problem. So let me, let me show you verse 3. This is what he says. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. Do you know what the word endeavoring means? To make an effort to be diligent, to labor. So, so they've got that broke fellowship up here and God says let me tell you what you have to do you have to work at making it right I don't want to he said endeavoring you have to see the problem and say this isn't good and I don't want to do it but I'm going to do it because I'm going to I'm going to strive to do what is right even though I don't want to unity literally means the fight to stay together the fight to keep the bond so let me give you the five steps today and we'll go home. Five steps of resolving conflict. Number one, and you're not going to like this. This is why I had to stop last week. Because I was thinking I was going to go through this first step and I thought, no, they're, they're not going to like it. I know they're not going to like it because I didn't like it when I read it. And I, I, I was studying this and I'm like, God, I don't like this. Number one, it starts with you. You know, we're, we're, there's the conflict happens. We're looking over there. You know what their problem is? You know what they need to do? If they would just whatever. And then God says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Let, let, let's stop right them. You want to resolve this conflict? Yeah, I sure do want to fix them. And God says it doesn't start with fixing them. It starts with fixing you. Say, they're the ones that told me off. They're the ones that walked out. They're the ones that got mad. They're the ones spreading the rumor. no. Listen to this, Proverbs 13.10, and I'm going to drop these Proverbs in there. Proverbs is a bunch of one-liners that God's given us, just wisdom that says, hey, this is how you do life. This is how the wise live, and this is how the fool lives. Only by pride cometh contention. This is what God said. Whatever contention that you have, it always started with pride. 
say, well, that, that, that you came up with that. No, I didn't come up with that. That's what God said. Amen. You say, Pastor Tony, I get that. But help me to figure out how I'm going to fix their pride. <laughs> Once again, that's pride. <laughs> pride is always like, that's right, Pastor. They do have a pride issue. You know, it, it's always pointing. It's always if they'd get it right. It's always their fault. You know, Satan falls in sin from the beginning. You know what Satan does? He, he, he deceives Adam and Eve and causes, not causes them, they chose to sin in the Garden of Eden. You know the first thing that Adam and Eve did? It's the woman that thou gavest me. Eve goes over there. It's the snake that I ran into. Neither one of them could say, I messed up. It's my fault too. I, I, I'm part of this. I've got to blame over there and tell them what their problem is. Pride will say they have problems. Pride will point out their faults. Pride will say that you're right and they're wrong. Pride will tell you, well, they should just come to me. It's pride. It's me, me, me. It puts me being right and them being wrong every single time. Proverbs 29, 23. A man's pride shall bring him low. Not in a good way, not in a humble way, literally a destruction. But honor, uphold the humble in spirits. The Bible says if, if it's pride, that will bring you low. The Bible said it, it's honor for the humble. It's honor. It's God that comes in and lifts you up in that time. Because I tell you, if you're going to go to them to resolve it, you better not go alone. Because when you go alone and you go in your flesh... And sit there, hey, I'm sorry, you better be sorry. I'll tell you what, every year, and you'll go right back at it. Because your heart's not right. And as we studied two weeks ago, it's out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaketh. So your spouse can say, you really need to talk to them and make this right. I don't want to. Well, I'll do it just to make you happy. I promise you, that's going to end up in World War III right there. There's no resolution coming from that. There's no peace coming from that. Because your heart's not right. And if your heart's not right out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. It's not going to be right. But in honor, put it like this, but in doing what's right shall uphold or lift up the humble of spirit. God said, I'm going to do something you can't do. God made a promise in that. He said, humble yourself, push off the pride and say, God, I can't do this alone. God says, all right, we'll do it together. God said, I'll reach in there. The Bible says in James, God resists the proud. God resists the proud, but he raises up the humble. That's what God does for us. He reaches in. God does this. God is, don't take this wrong. I mean this with all my heart. Jesus had a sense of humor. He did. I don't know, sometimes we always look at Jesus and thus sayest thou, come and bow before me. If you were around Jesus, you're going to find he wasn't that type of guy. And so for a lot of things that we study in Scripture, we'll read, and we're, we're not getting what Jesus was saying. So he gathered the people together, and he sits down and teaches. And while he's teaching, he's getting the crowd laughing. He said, so, so how is that? When he said it's, it's easier for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle than it is to get into heaven without Jesus, that, that was Jesus being funny. And they're all sitting there going, oh, that's funny. You know, Jesus just made a joke. Because in their time period, that was, that was something funny that they, that they would say. So in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 3, he says, and why beholdest the moat that is in thy brother's eye? So you can imagine they're sitting there and he's, he's talking to them about this. And he said, you look over and you see your brother that's got problems. 
You look at it and say, man, you, dude, you got, you got a twig in your eye. That, that's what it's saying. You've got a twig in your eye. Or a moat or a piece of straw that, you know, like when you're working outside, you get something and say, man, you get something in your eye. And he said, but you're, you're not paying attention to literally the definition of them. This, the beam or, or to, together it'd be a stick or a piece of lumber. You, you can imagine God saying, hey, they have a piece of hay in their eye and you've got a, 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 a fence post hanging out of your eye. And, you know, all of a sudden they're, they're, they're laughing and they're doing this. And God's making an exaggeration, telling them how ridiculous this is. You know what he was saying? He said, every one of us, when we have conflict, you're going to sit over your brother and say, man, look at their issues and look at their problems and look at what's wrong with them. How wilt thou say, let me pull out the moat of thine eye? Hey, let me fix you. You know what's wrong with you? Here. Let me get that thing. You know, that's irritating me. It's driving me crazy. You're, you're, you're frustrating me like crazy. The whole time you're knocking them over with this beam that's hanging out of your eye. And beholdest a beam in thy own eye, question mark, thou hypocrite. Now notice the next word, thou hypocrite. What's the next word? It says, first, cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then, shalt thou see clearly to cast out the moat out of thy brother's eye. So lay this out. This is what Jesus was saying. He said, you know what? If you'd stop, what are my problems that is causing me not to see right? What is my problems? He said, well, they do have issues, but let me tell you, you can't help them with your issues, their issues, until you fix your issues. We all have issues. You sit there and say, well, I'm glad he's getting taken care of so-and-so, and I know. No, we all have issues. Every single person, if you've been in this church from the beginning of it, or this is your first Sunday to ever come here, we all have issues. He said, why don't you sit down and work with me on your issues, because your issues are going to affect them issues. Even if your issue didn't even cause their issue, you've got to fix your issues. He said, so that you could see clearly Because let me tell you, when we're not dealing with ourselves first, we cannot see clearly. So you say, I I think I'm ready for that, Pastor. Here's the test. He gave them the test in Matthew 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You say, I think I'm ready. I'm going to ask you this, before you, before you leave your house, before you make that phone call, before you set that appointment at the coffee shop to sit down and talk, I'm going to ask you this, are you praying for them? Say, yeah, I'm praying for a flat tire, I'm praying for them, you know. <laughs> no, if you can't pray for them and say, Lord, bless them that curse you, do good to them, you're not ready. You say, I can't do that. You can't ever do that without him helping you to do that never that's why he said put off the old man put on the new man be renewed of your mind you better change things it's never going to work this way so let me tell you if you have a family that is constantly fighting or you have a marriage that's constantly fighting you have a church that's constantly fighting it's a bunch of fools I'm not, that's not my terminology. It's not me saying that. I'm telling you right back to Proverbs. Do this, you do right. You don't do that, it's a bunch of fools. 
You may as well wear, on, wear the, the, the hats with the bells hanging off all of it next time you go to the family reunion because that's all you're showing up to be. So, man, that hurts. It hurts all of us. It stinks. It hurts the church. It hurts the family. Only in the power of God. We must start with us. According to God, according to what Jesus said. Number two, you're not going to like this one either. You make the first move. Jesus, once again, is teaching. This is all the teachings of Jesus. And Jesus taps into what was taught in the Old Testament. He never did away with that. When he talked about living right. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, if he does something wrong with you, go and tell him. Go and tell him. This is what we like to do. We're over there saying, well, I'll tell you what. She wants our friendship back. She's going to have to come over here. If he thinks I'm there, going to walk over here and fall at his feet, all high in my, and that's flesh. God's saying, is it stirred up in your heart? Do you know it's wrong? Say there's a fault between you and them. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. He goes, you go and tell them. Because you sit there and do this, you still have pride. And pride will lead to destruction. The word trespass is cool. Because sometimes we look at those words that were you know, kind of older and we say, man, the word trespass means to miss the mark. It means, in our language, we'd say something's off. You know what I'm saying? Something's off. You didn't miss the mark. Something's off. And so you're sitting there and you're saying, man, they were acting funny. Something is off. That's what the word trespass means. So it's not a matter of they stuck you in the back. It's not a matter that they spread a dirty rumor. A trespass could be just the fact that you hung out and they didn't talk to you a lot. The trespass could be just the matter of they were a little cold or distant. Something was funny today. Something was off today. That's what it is. If somebody's a little off with you and it's going to bother you, you, you're stirred up to be angry, but he said, don't let it, don't sin. That's what he's saying right here. It's, it's literally saying, go to them. The key is go to them and tell him his fault between thee and him. Man, and the next word is so important. Alone. Amen. Alone. Facebook is not alone. Amen. It's not Alone. And you say, I don't do that. I don't do that. You know, no, you don't do that. We're all creative in our sin. And I'm going to just tell you, if we can lay it out, it's sin, sin, it's sin. According to the Bible, everything that we're reading right now, if he says don't do it, it's sin. So here's the sin. You're typing, oh, I hate when my friends turn their back on me. What do you think people are going to do? What what, what do you think? This is what you're doing. You're you're casting it out there. You're You're just doing this. Man, I I hate that I can't trust anybody. If your friends ignore that, then it looks like they're guilty. If they engage in that, you go, oh, I got one on the hook. Oh, who hurt you? I hope it wasn't me. Think about it. Why did you make the post? You wanted a response without stirring it up. It's wrong. If somebody hurt you, you go to them, not Facebook. If somebody hurt you, you go to them. Man, this, this is to all of us. Because you, you know what? We're, we're trying to keep the body together. Because I'll tell you, if Isaac broke off from Clarence, and Clarence turns around and he, he's yelling over here uh, to, to the guy at the end. I can't remember who was at the end. The, the, the guy at the end. 
Dave at the end, and, and, and Dave turns to him, and he's, he's mad at Clarence, and Clarence, and all, all of a sudden, everybody starts chattering, and all of a sudden, we got more and more splinters. That brother trespass against thee, go to him and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained a brother. That, that word gain is pretty cool. It means to preserve. It means you preserve something that was special. You kept something that's valuable. Said, so if he hears you, let me tell you what's going to happen. Nine times out of ten when you do that, you're going to find something out. Nine times out of ten, you will find it was misunderstanding. You go to them and say, was something off? Oh, dude, I'm sorry. I had a horrible day. I am sorry. I was stuck in traffic, got a flat tire, ran into church late. I'm sorry. Oh, man, I thought it was me. No, it's not you. I'm sorry. Done. He said, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong and I stir something up? No, you can't ever go wrong by doing what's right. You guys remember that. You can never go wrong by doing what's right. It's not up to you. God said, if there's something off and it's bothering you, you go to them and you say, what if it's wrong? God said, I don't lead you to do wrong. God will never lead you to do wrong. He said, you've gained them. What's going to happen is, man, it means the world to me that our friendship is important enough to make things right. If you came to me and you said, hey, is everything okay because I love you? I hate you. I mean, who responds that way? I mean, we're a bunch of Christians, not a bunch of Nazis. What's going on? What's wrong with us? No, I'm going to be like, thank you for wanting our relationship good that matters to me. Most conflicts begin with misunderstandings rather than offenses. And the whole time you're sitting there, they're mad at me, and I'll tell you, it's because what I did. I didn't go to their party. I didn't like their post. I didn't tell them happy birthday on Facebook. I don't know. Your mind's going crazy. And they were like, no, I had a flat tire. Oh, let me go delete something really fast, you know. I don't know, it's funny, but we do that. We make a fool out of ourselves. We're going around apologizing more than we're, we're building each other up. There's no edifying each other in wrong. First of all, you, 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 you got you to make the first move. You got to make the first move. Start with you. Make the first move. Number three, use the power of humility. Apply step one to step four or step three. You, you, you take what, Lord, it's not about me. And I've got problems. And Lord, I need your help. And Lord, I'm praying that you bless them because they're cursing me. And I pray, Lord, that you'll give them grace the way that you've given me grace. And all of a sudden, man, something happens. Satan got kicked out of heaven because of pride. Pride entered into the world, and it was like the, the beginning of all the evil that went on. Adam and Eve said, I want to be like a God, and they ate of the fruit. They hid from God. God went looking for them. Pride, 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 pride. Do you know how you tear apart pride? You use the antidote. It's the opposite of that. You know what the opposite of pride is? It's humility. Jesus came to rescue us. The king of kings was born in a manger. The king of kings was wrapped in swaddling clothes. The king of kings had nowhere to lay his head. The king of kings walked into a room with a man that stuck him in the back, who was Judas. You say, well, you don't know what they did for me. How about being betrayed to be crucified on a cross? You think that's bad? Yeah, yeah, that you talk about. Nobody can say they know what it's like to be stuck in the back like Jesus can. 
by one of his own that's closest to him that vowed, I will go with you to death. Yeah, sure you will. Suck me in the back. You know, you know how Jesus responded? Took off his outer garment. He walked over to that jerk. He knelt down on his, to his feet and he washed his nasty feet. You know how we do it? I'll tell you what, if you, if you want to make this right, you can come over here. And I'm not, that, that's, that's the opposite of our God. Opposite of our God. But all of a sudden, God's saying there is power. There is power and humility. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Let me tell you the opposite. Humility goes before victory. God brought us victory because he came and humbled himself unto death, took on the form of a servant, and he died for our sins. Humility holds power. Humility breaks pride. He said they don't deserve it. Neither did we. Neither did Judas. Neither did Peter. Neither did any of them. And at the end of it, he said, Father, forgive them. Why? Because humility says I love you. Humility says, I care more about you than I do about proving who is right. Jesus could have went in there at that moment and say, hey, Judas, everybody, betrayer, could have called them all like that. No, instead he, he, he got on his knees and he loved on them. Humility shows grace. There's power in humility. Listen to this, Proverbs 16, 17, dropping in the proverb, the power of Proverbs. When a man's ways please the Lord, when you do what's right, you start with me. I'm going to go to them first. And Lord, I'm going to go in humility. Humility is this. I'm sorry. It's their fault. No, no, no. Jesus already showed. I'm sorry. I responded bad. You claim what's wrong with your side of it. There's always two sides of it. I got mad at you. I've never even asked you what's wrong. I never even said, why did you, were you so upset? I, I, I was wrong. I should have reached out to you when you pushed me away. Obviously, something's wrong. And you melt it. Listen. When a man's ways please the Lord, when he does that, God, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. You say, this isn't going to work. God said, what, what are you talking about? It's not about you. God says, you keep praying. I'm going to go do something. God walks over here and starts to soften the hearts and minds of them. Man, I don't even deserve a friend like them. I've done them wrong. If they never spoke to me again, I get that. You know what? I'm not going to reach out to them because I've already hurt them. They already did that. And all of a sudden, you come knocking on the door the way Jesus did with us. He walked through and you kneel down and you said, I'm sorry. And they're, they're sitting there on the inside of them going, I don't deserve this. What's going on? All of a sudden, Jesus shows up to their house, not you. Grace breaks through the door, not you. Love is speaking, not you. That is how Christ is high and lifted up. That is how people look at us as Christians and say, what is different? Hey, listen, if you want division, go down to a bar. If you want fighting, turn on the TV. If you want conflict, just, just pull up the difference between the, 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 the elections and the, the parties involved. But if you want unity, you should be able to walk into God's people. If you want love, you should find it here. If you want resolving conflict, it should be in every life group, in every Sunday school class, in every ministry of the church. It should be here. Keep the garbage out there, but we, we strive to be like him in here. Different, peculiar, God's people. Amen. Number four, listen for their hurts. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Stop and think about this. 
Your friend that you love, your mom that you love, your, your, your boss that you care about, your spouse that you care about, all of a sudden comes home and they snap and they turn their back on you and, everything, and we're sitting there, oh, get them back. You stop. That's not normal. It's not normal. Hurt people hurt people. Jenny, Jenny was taught, telling me a story about she came home and there's this, our, our, our cat is slimy. It's always like all over your feet and everything. And it just wants to be pet. And it's so attention hungry for, you know, all this. And it's every time we go through the door, it's like, and it's just not my thing. And uh, <laughs> if you're a cat lover, I'm sorry. I'm speaking the truth this morning. Uh, but Jenny came home and the thing's always living on top of her. And she, there was a, a black cat from the neighborhood that's been going up to the window and sticking its face. And our cat goes nuts. Our cat got trapped in the blinds trying to, you know, like, get to that cat. And Jenny went over to try to rescue our cat out of the blinds. And our cat is reaching out, trying to scratch her and push her away, doing all this other stuff. I wouldn't have the compassion. I'd be like, all right, you did this. You know, like, that's not me. And Jenny sat there and kept speaking to the cat and, and talking to it, talking it down, eventually reached up and pet it and pulled him out of that mess. And we can say all to, to a, a cat, but would we say all to that brother and sister in Christ that matters to us? You know what I'm saying? Her people, her people. He said, wherefore, in James 1.19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. You're, you're going to realize when you're swift, you're, you're fast to hear, but you're slow to talk. And all of a sudden, they turn around and say, hey, I'm sorry. I know I ignored you the other day. I know I was upset, but you have no idea what I've been through. You don't know. And something begins to happen to where all of a sudden, according to James, he said that you may give grace, you may minister healing, you may bring help. They that are weak, they that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not please ourselves. He said if they're doing that way as a Christian, it shouldn't be about, I'm going to go win this. Rather than I'm going to go help this. You turn around, I thought this was resolving conflict. No. Everything we do is to make things better, not just to appease. He said to edify, build up the house, to build up your marriage, to build up your job. You stand back and said, I had no idea. You would have had an idea if you would have been slow to hear instead of fast to speak. You would have known. Listen to this, Proverbs, Proverbs 12, 18. There is that speaketh like a piercing of a sword. And it's like, well, who are you? A spiritual illustration there. But the tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise brings healing and hope. And I love you no matter what. I'm there for you. And I didn't realize you lost your job. And I didn't realize you were going through that. I didn't... I, you, they were keeping some sort of health secret that they didn't want getting out and it came out in their actions. Let me finish with number five. Here's the last thing. Do what is right and leave the rest to God. So then every one of us, Romans 14, 12, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. You say, oh, them, them, them. And God says, well, wait, wait a minute. I, one day you're, you give an account of you to me. You don't worry about them. You give an account of yourself to me. Everything that we're saying, say, I did that, I did that, I did that, I did that. Great, you do what you can. 
You do what is right. So listen to this, verse 13. Let, let not therefore judge one another anymore. Stop it. The word, the word judge means to conclude or punish or decide. I'm done with you. Or I hope they get hurt. Guess it. Stop that. I do that. I correct. I pull out. I, I expose. I do all that. You quit trying to be God for a minute. Because it's judge not anymore. But rather judge this. But judge this rather. That no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother way. He said, right now you are doing more harm than good to that other person by jabbing at them and doing that and turning your back and causing problems the other You know what's right. Don't cause them to fall. Do you know why the Bible says in Matthew 18, it says, go to them. If they will not hear you, do you bring your brother and say, hey, help me, help me help them. I don't care what you say. I don't care. And all of a sudden, the Bible says a third thing, and a lot of us don't like talking about it. He says, then bring them before the church and pull them out of the church. Why would you pull them out of the church? If they don't want to get things right and they want to continue it, the infection cannot stay in the church body. When they say, I don't care who I hurt. I don't care what I do. I don't care. God said that rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. He says, I can't bless that church. I can't help that church. And sometimes there's that tough love to say, and I've, had, I've, I've been through that myself. There's some people that literally just said, at the end of it says, I don't care. I'm done with you. He said, well, what do I do? Let God deal with them. Yeah. I love them. I pray for them. I, I, I pray God's blessing upon them. But I cannot go and be part of that. It doesn't mean that you stop loving them. It doesn't mean you start caring for them. Listen to this, and we close. Proverbs 16, 20. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good. And whosoever trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. I gave you the recipe of how to have a good, healthy home, a good, healthy church, a good, healthy us as Fellowship Baptist Church. The Bible doesn't just say, hey, you'll have peace. He said, no, you're going to be happy. The joy of the Lord, not me and all this. You walk away saying, man, that isn't what I wanted to be. And God says, but I'll make it what I want it to be. God does it.